0: Michigan. You've probably heard people call it the mitten. That's because most of the state is shaped like a left-handed mitten. But there's a big piece of Michigan above the mitten that's kind of shaped like a shark. It doesn't even share a land border with mainland Michigan. It shares one with Wisconsin and is connected to the mitten by a long suspension bridge. It's called the Upper Peninsula. And if you're a Michigander, it's the UP. I think I first heard about the UP when I listened to Sufjan Stevens' album about Michigan. song, The Upper Peninsula, is from the perspective of a guy living in the UP who seems to have lost everything. He's trying to make sense of his situation and is searching for something. I'm Mia Sullivan, and you're listening to Places, a podcast documenting stories from offbeat American locations from a girl living in a van. episode is sponsored by Travel Marquette. Whether you're seeking a spontaneous spree or an itinerary-packed vacation, Marquette County makes the perfect base for UP exploration. From fine food and brews to wallet-friendly shops and stays, Marquette pairs small-town feel with big city taste. Featuring tons of urban-like options, just minutes from miles of single track and shoreline, For more information on things to do, places to stay, and outdoor events and activities, visit www.travelmarquette.com. Quick disclaimer, you'll hear me speak to someone at Travel Marquette later in this episode. They were not involved in the production of this podcast, and all the views I express are my own. Okay, let's get into it. The Upper Peninsula has had this allure for me, likely because it's in the far reaches of the north, surrounded by water. Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, and Lake Huron to be exact. My fiancé Nick and I plan to stay in the UP for about a week, and our friends drive up there to meet us. Our friends suggest checking out Presque Isle Park in Marquette. The park's right on Lake Superior, about an hour's drive from the campground we're staying at. We drive onto Presque Isle under a tunnel of pine trees and snag one of the last spots in a crowded lakefront parking lot. It's windy and waves are crashing onto chocolate colored rocks on shore. We walk south along the lake and in the distance, I think I'm seeing surfers. We walk closer. Yeah. There are actually people surfing. On Lake Superior? I watch from the edge of a grassy cliff. There are about 15 surfers out there. Most of them are wearing wetsuits. The waves are small, maybe two feet. People are riding diagonally along wave faces into the pebbly shore. Okay, so I knew surfing the Great Lakes was a thing, but I thought you could only do it every once in a while, like in the winter during a big storm. But it's late August. Can you surf here all the time? One thing I don't think I've mentioned. I'm a surfer. I started surfing on the Jersey Shore when I was 13. After trying to stand up on my boogie board way too many times, I convinced my parents to put me into a surf lesson. I was hooked from the moment I popped up on my big yellow foam rental board. My obsession with surfing eventually led me out to California. I'm a big fan of underdog surf spots because they remind me of the surf spots I grew up with. And a break on the Great Lakes kind of seems like the ultimate underdog. I need to know more about the surf scene in Marquette, so I find a couple surfers.
1: My name is Jackson D'Agostine, and I'm a junior at Northern Michigan University.
0: That's the university here in Marquette.
1: So I was born in Marquette. I started surfing up here in the lakes in 2014.
0: Jackson tells me he's surfed in a lot of places, including...
1: Everywhere over the um, shoreline of Lake Superior on the Michigan side. I've uh, surfed down in Lake Michigan before,
2: Sayulita, Mexico, North Carolina. Yeah, I'm Harrison Smith. Um, I'm entering my sophomore year at Northern Michigan University. I moved up to Marquette three years ago um, and love mountain biking and kayaking in the summer um and then come winter i fat bike ski and i'm actually just getting into surfing and then when i'm not out playing i'm working at downwind sports here in marquette which is actually how i how i met jackson so now we're roommates marquette is a great
1: place to surf in the up because it it has a lot of uh, options for any kind of wind direction we get there's at least one spot that we can go surfing some of the most popular spots in marquette are the zoo that one's really well known
0: that's where I first spotted the surfers.
1: McCarty's Cove is a pretty popular spot. And then I'd say that the third most popular spot would probably be uh, South Beach. A typical surf session for me would be get up, check the forecast at least three times just to make sure it didn't change, ride around town, see what surf breaks are, are hitting. And after I decide on which place I'm going to be surfing at, I will usually call my surfing group and say, hey, this is where I'm going to be, where are you are going to be?
2: A lot of times up here, the forecast can say one thing and what you actually get is totally different. So it is pretty important to actually get up and go look at them. What is cool is when you get out to a spot like the zoo uh, and you're in the water, you're seeing old teachers you had, your friend's parents, maybe the guy that served you a beer at Black Rocks last night. It's just really cool to see a bunch of people kind of brought together in the water who you didn't even necessarily know surfed. And I think that kind of speaks to just the overall culture here where it's because the weather in Marquette changes so often, a lot of people have a lot of different hobbies.
0: I mean, how often can you surf here? Like how often are there actually surfable waves?
1: On a very good summer, I surf four times a summer. And then once it hits fall uh, right when september hits until about maybe january february when the ice freezes over in a good year you can surf anywhere from two times a week to four times a week Um, so it really depends on the year how high the lake level is um, but yeah just what kind of weather we have that year
0: i asked jackson and harrison how surfing on the lake compares to the ocean
1: One really common phrase that you see up here is that we're unsalted and shark free. For the waves in particular, up here you find a lot of waves that have less power and close out a lot faster, which means the wave kind of collapses on itself and um, you you can no longer ride it. You're just in the white water and you're kind of just flopping around. Um, So on the ocean you have a lot of waves that stay open and you can do a lot more things on them, you can progress a lot easier. So when you do find a wave in the lakes that stays open for a a long period of time, it's a pretty good day.
2: One of the biggest differences people mention a lot and you notice once you're in the water is how quickly the waves come um, after each other. Um, Unlike the ocean where it's got a lot of time to kind of build up and the, the breaks might be a little bit more spread out, you're getting hammered right after If you go off the board, right as you come up, there's another wave right there, so...
0: If you wipe out in the ocean, you usually have time to get back on your board before getting pummeled by the next wave, apparently not the case on Lake Superior.
2: Between just trying to fight the waves and and fight the water temperature, you get worn out really quick. Since we don't have the salt in the water, it's not as dense, uh, so you actually sink more, and so... That's also adds a degree of difficulty come winter because then you're getting ice chunks floating in the water and not many surf breaks you gotta worry about having the entire break freeze over.
1: After surfing here for a couple months and I go into the ocean to surf, it's it's a breeze because you get to wait for that set to be over with and you paddle out on flat water instead of getting pounded by waves one after another when you're trying to paddle out. And then like like I was saying before, the wave stays open so much longer and. It's so much more buoyant, it's, it is actually it seems almost easier to surf on the ocean than compared to here. Being a surfer in the UP is uh, actually kind of hard. Obviously, when it gets really cold, it, it is a lot harder, too, because you're fighting that mental urge to be done and go get in a hot tub somewhere instead of staying out and catching one more.
0: I ask whether they surf all winter, or if there's a point when it gets too cold.
1: Usually if it drops below 10 degrees or there's a ton of ice in the lake, that's kind of where I'll cut it off for the the winter time and just resort back to skiing and ice climbing. I've actually been so cold in the lake that I could feel just pulses going down from my hip to my feet and I got out of the water and put myself right next to this campfire and my wetsuit boots actually started to melt before I started getting warm. Uh, So that's when I kind of knew I had to be done.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What really strikes me about Jackson and Harrison's depiction of the surf scene in Marquette is that the locals aren't territorial about their waves, even though it's surfable infrequently here.
2: I think something that's cool about Marquette in general and then especially with the surf scene here is that the classic Midwestern hospitality kind of transfers over to that where even if you don't have perfect surf etiquette or you're just getting out there because you want to try it, everyone's just happy to be out there. So they're not going to chew your ear off if you fall off or you kick them off a wave or something like that. You might still run into a couple people like that, but when it comes to the locals, people just really want you to be having a good time. So with the weather changing all the time up here, you're not guaranteed a good day ever. So when a day does shape up, everyone in the water's pretty excited to be out there. There's not that exclusivity that you might find um, amongst locals and in some places maybe like on the west coast just working it down when people are always pretty impressed when i share so much information about what to do and where to go and stuff like that there's not that kind of localism and so i think it it does make it welcoming for people that are maybe just looking to kind of get into the sport
0: i've experienced plenty of localism at surf spots in california And it sucks not to feel welcome in the water. I'm not sure whether I'm hardcore enough to surf in an icy lake, but I love that they're surfing here, and I want to know more about this place, so Nick and I head downtown. The main drag is peppered with old, ornate buildings. There's a historic theater that's been converted to a farm-to-table restaurant, an old-school candy shop that's supposed to have the best breakfast in town, and a family-owned workwear store that's been around since 1900. I wander into Travel Marquette, the town's tourism office, and find someone to talk to.
3: My name is Tony Boyle. I am the Visitor Experience Manager at the Marquette County Convention and Visitors Bureau, also known as Travel Marquette. I help people who want to visit the area get more information, uh, help them figure out their travel plans.
0: Tony and I chat in his office. We sit about 10 feet apart and wear masks.
3: I have been living in Marquette my whole life, which is 28 and a half years now. I. I have not wanted to live anywhere else. I've done my best to stay around and I've been fortunate enough to uh, have that chance.
0: So what's hooked you into really wanting to stay here?
3: You know, I was raised with a really strong sense of place. It was always impressed on me as a kid, just how special a place like Marquette is. I mean we're on the shore of Lake Superior, the world's largest freshwater lake. And looking at that and basically thinking of it as an ocean, as like a child, it just kind of really gets to you. You know, it's like if you are actually growing up, like on the coast, like you always wanna be near a body of water. And I guess I realized too, growing up that I had a lot of things that other people don't. If I want to get away from people, I just hop in my car or uh, on a bike or I can even walk some places and then I can be surrounded by, you know, trees and silence and have time to myself, you know, have that quiet space. And that that's a really rare thing these days. So I, I learned to value that. and. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to uh, stay here, so I, I never lost that.
0: I ask Tony whether many of his friends have stayed.
3: It's actually kind of striking how many people actually leave and then want to come back from just talking to friends. They grow uncomfortable after a while with just how living in, in a city makes you like think more defensively. You know you you worry about where you can go at certain times you know how you have to present to yourself how you can't be absent-minded like leaving your stuff around you can't leave your car unlocked you know up here it's like a point of pride to never lock your house or your car it's wanting to not have to worry as much i suppose yeah it's it's really just wanting to focus on things that are maybe more important and maybe it's not that paycheck because you're not going to make bank living up here but you're definitely not going to spend as much either you know it's it's about quality of life
0: i'm curious about how the town and maybe the area has changed since you were a kid growing up here
3: it's changed a lot you know it, it was this really quiet place that just seemed forgotten for a long time. And then within like the past 10 years, just suddenly we found ourselves on the map, which is funny to say because we're usually forgotten and left off maps.
0: I ask whether Marquette's population is on the rise or whether they're mostly seeing an uptick in tourism.
3: We're seeing more of like a, like a growth of tourism um, We're getting a lot of people who are retiring out here. You know, it's just been like slow uh, drip of news getting out. You know, a few major publications here and there, like had a writer come up here and do a spot. And, you know, people just keep picking up on it. I remember even just when I was in college, you know, just like six years ago, being able to go out to all these different spots and not see anyone. And now I go out and I'm always running into people. And oftentimes they're like telling me, hey, have you seen this thing? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've been there. You, you've found this? And they're like, yeah, it's great. It's, you know, that's pretty cool to see. I mean, I'm definitely a little sad that uh, what felt like my little secrets are getting out there. But it, it's, I think, more fulfilling to uh, be able to share that. And I think that's just a process that we're going through as a community, sharing all of our, our secrets. Not all of them, but a lot.
0: Do you think you could speak a little bit to different job opportunities here, like what people do here to live?
3: Trying to uh, work up here, you know, is a bit of a struggle. Traditionally, everything has been very centered around extractive commerce, uh, the mines, forestry.
0: Extractive commerce is still big up here. Mining, quarrying, and oil and gas extraction made up 19% of the gross regional product in Marquette County during 2019. But this sector is actually only responsible for 4% of the jobs in the county. And these extractive jobs are expected to decline by more than 20% by 2029.
3: You know, we do have uh, our university and then we also have the healthcare system those are major employers but after that it's you know it's hospitality it's tourism those are really what's keeping people around and you know we definitely have room to grow and we we definitely should grow because we need more opportunity you know i was just talking to a guy who He's working on a startup related to the spaceport that's going to go in, potentially.
0: Here? And, and here, yeah. Oh, cool. yeah.
3: cool. So is-
0: a stretch of land 16 miles north of town has recently been chosen as a rocket launch site. If the launch site goes up, it's projected to bring about 2,000 jobs to the area immediately and 40,000 new jobs to Michigan by 2025. But the spaceport's hotly contested among locals. Some see it as the kind of opportunity they need to be able to stay in Marquette and raise a family. Others are concerned about the air, water, and noise pollution that may come with it. As of 2019, the sectors that employed the most people included government, healthcare, retail, and hospitality. Marquette County expects to see a slight 1% uptick in jobs by 2029. Yeah, I wonder with more of a move to people working at jobs in big cities but are working from home, if there'll be more of a move for people to like come back to different places like this and maybe have their job that was based in a city, but they won't have to be there anymore.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We're really hopeful that telecommuting becomes a, a major driver, really hoping that after all this tumult with COVID and everyone being forced to work from home and companies being less inclined to having people actually in like offices. Hopefully that means people can be more discerning uh, where they live and have some more choice in the option. And hopefully they wanna live out in the woods.
0: What do you think is the defining quality of a youper? Am I pronouncing that right?
3: Yeah, it's a youper, yeah.
0: A uper is someone who lives in the UP.
3: The defining quality of a youper, without a doubt, is what we call sisu. And that is a Finnish word which roughly translates into guts, like tenacity, stubbornness. They say that living up here through the winter takes a lot of sisu. Because, you know, any place where it snows six months out of the years, you know, it takes some gumption and some doing. If I didn't say sisu, uh, there would be, uh, you know, people hunt me down like why didn't you say it's like one of our few words.
0: I asked Tony how he feels about the winter here.
3: You know it takes a lot of shoveling but out of all the winter weather I think that's the best to have. That's what you actually want you know. If it's winter you might as well take some snow. It really just takes a lot of embracing of what there is. We do a lot of like outdoor stuff I really like to go off trail on snowshoes. I really enjoy just how comfortable and quiet winter gets. Like, I love wearing big sweaters and drinking hot tea and making too much food and totally forgiving myself for it.
0: For you, what's the most special thing about Marquette?
3: The most special thing for me A lot of people would jump to say the lake, you know, there's a lot of love for Mama Superior, you know, that really tugs at you. But I really love the community that has developed, you know, on those shores. That's really what strikes me. For example, the music scene here is incredible. There's so many talented people and I really don't know how, you know, that's possible in a town of 21,000 people, but we just have all of these masters playing, you know, classical music, jazz, soul, folk, just really finding ways to express themselves authentically and vibrantly. You know, I have been outside of the UP. I have gone to Chicago, Detroit, Toronto, Portland, Minneapolis, seen a lot of different places and those are all really enjoyable. Love going to the city, love getting good food and seeing all the activity. And I'm really disappointed that we can't have a good sushi place here.
0: But what Marquette may lack in diverse cuisine, it makes up for with community.
3: There's a really strong sense of like, this is my town. And you'll have people that, you know, someone had like a graduation party and they'll just get up. With a bunch of friends at five a.m., and they'll go and they'll clean the park. You have a neighbor who has like mobility issues, and then you start bringing them groceries and you know just helping out, cleaning out in their yard. And I, I've seen my neighbors across the street. They'll go around and they'll just invite people over, you know, because we're just part of the same community. Just want you know others to feel included and involved, and it's really nice to just have this sense of solidarity. It's really strong and pervasive and, I think, very infectious.
0: Even as a tourist, I've felt this welcoming, inclusive vibe since I've arrived. I'm going to check out more of this town, but first, let's take a quick break. This episode is sponsored by Travel Marquette. Once I knew I wanted to explore Marquette, I did some Googling and found Travel Marquette. They have a beautiful, user-friendly website that rounds up the best outdoor activities, restaurants, and breweries in the area. You can reach out to them to request a digital visitor guide or for custom trip ideas. Learn more at www.travelmarquette.com. Okay, now back to the show. I head to the Marquette Regional History Center to check out their special exhibit on the history of outdoor recreation in Marquette County. Pretty much every sport I can think of has a long history here, from skiing to rock climbing to paddling. A 200-plus mile dog sled race even goes through town every year. I also talk to the museum educator and tell her about my project. She's extremely helpful. She sits down with me, asks questions about places, and connects me with a longtime resident. Thanks so much for meeting me down here.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure. I never pass up an opportunity to come to the beach and talk. My name is Chip Truscon, and I've lived in Marquette for 30 years. And uh, my only complaint about life is that that I wasn't born here.
0: Chip biked over to South Beach to meet me. South Beach is another one of the surf spots Jackson mentioned, but today it's completely flat. There's a little playground on the sand with animal-shaped seesaws and orange rusted out monkey bars. A decommissioned power plant butts up against the beach. Chip and I sit on beach chairs in the yellow sand 50 feet away from the crystal blue edge of Lake Superior. It's 70 degrees and sunny.
4: If you were here in 1890 or 1900, you would see about 30 sailing ships either loading or unloading. And it was quite a quite a prosperous port and iron ore was their their main export.
0: He's kind of like a walking encyclopedia of Marquette.
4: Marquette was the first city in northern Michigan that was all electrified.
0: But I'm curious about Chip's story. I ask him how he found himself in Marquette. He tells me that when his wife graduated from her residency program 30 years ago, they were looking for a place to settle.
4: She wanted to move to Two Harbors, Minnesota. And I said, well, I can't teach there, there aren't any medical schools. there isn't a university there and I knew Marquette very well and my cousin was the administrator of the hospital so I said Karen I know this little town on the shores of Lake Superior and for three months of the year it's like Hawaii and uh, we came up to look at it and you know that was the there wasn't much of an argument to be made for not moving so we arrived For me, the personal experience of living here is I look out at the lake every day, and I just, it's more than gratitude. It's this just deep reverence. I just can't imagine living anywhere else.
0: I asked Chip what he likes to do here.
4: I like to surf the waves in my kayak. Kayaking has always been my passion. It's amazing to go out in the ice flow in late March, April. Uh, and paddle in the icebergs. It's just simply amazing. This bay is filled with big chunks of ice, depending on the winter. And some of them are, uh, you know, 15, 20 feet high. And when you pull up to them, you see this enormous underwater presence. And it's like, it's, it's for me, it's unnerving to see that much ice under the water. But
0: not unnerving enough to refrain from kayaking around them. Chip has another crazy wintertime hobby.
4: I call it ice biking. Uh, We ride on the ice. So
0: you're biking on the
4: ice? Yeah, you're on top of ice, and sometimes when I'm out on the ice, I hear the ice shifting, and it sounds like a jet engine coming towards you. I've never gone through the ice, but I have uh, dropped a wheel into the ice trying to get over a crack, and not having quite enough speed but it was it was still fine. My wife and I have an agreement that uh, if I'm gone for more than six hours she'll call search and rescue because obviously something's wrong and I said "Oh, don't you ever do that I'd be so embarrassed Those, those are people that I know who think I'm a competent outdoorsman and to be lost would just be the final insult to my life
0: what would you say is the defining quality of a youper?
4: There's a, a Finnish personality trait called sisu. I can paraphrase, but you know, your leg's not broken unless a bone is sticking out. But it's a, a term used to describe self-reliance and a uh, and a tolerance of suffering. <laughs> yeah, being a youper is, uh, there's a certain pride and it goes back to the days of iron ore mining when life was really difficult and uh, that this whole idea of Sisu was, uh, was a lot more than just a, a phrase. It was literally a way to live your life. Uh, you had to suck it up. And uh, I guess in terms of UP culture, there's always this kind of division. Anybody who comes from the lower peninsula is called a troll because you live below the bridge, and the bridge being the Mackinac Bridge. That kind of is the the dividing line between these two land masses, and almost two cultures, but it's the trolls that come up here in the summertime and you know crowd our beaches, and you know, it's like, no, it's really everybody, but uh, I always like the idea of the trolls.
0: What are some of the stereotypes of the trolls?
4: Um, oh, it's just simple things like um, wearing white tennis shoes and white belts, almost like the golf culture. But that's, you know, I think that's it, really, the trolls are you know, not much different than we are. Generally, they're reserved. In the UP, if somebody drives by your house, you wave. It's obligatory. And if you're out on the street walking about, you say Hello. When the university is back in session, you can tell that some of the kids who are from down below, uh, they don't say hello when you run into them on the trail. And I'm almost offended. It's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to say hello. That's just part of who we are. They'll learn eventually if they stay here long enough.
0: If Marquette were a feeling to you,
4: what would it be? A feeling? Oh. My feeling is is influenced by the weather and i have this obsession with waves kayaking out in the lake is it's a very profound experience you you realize you're very alone and uh, i I like that sense of you know of place but i like to be out in the lake and looking back towards the land and i just marvel that you know that little fine line in the horizon is this city called Marquette with all these people here. By the end of September, it looks like there's a line of fire going across the horizon line. And you see these brilliant colors of sugar maples and regular maples and oaks, beautiful vibrant colors. And after a while, beauty becomes kind of the normal state. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I lose my perspective in that there are days that are just so perfect And, of course, I always tell my wife, these are the days, this is the Hawaii time, so enjoy it, you know, because the other seven months of the year are all (laughs) unique and different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Today is definitely one of those Hawaii days. After chatting with Chip, Nick, Luca, and I explore more of town. We park our van in a downtown lot, and as we're walking away... A couple of girls shout, we like your van, from across the street. We end up chatting with them. They have a camper van too. Danielle, the van owner, is currently living in Marquette and her friend Corinne is up visiting from the Lower Peninsula. We exchange info and talk about maybe meeting up later in the week. Nick, Luca and I climb up the hill from downtown to Ridge Street where we stroll by historic homes with large lawns, wraparound porches, and backyard lake views. We wander toward a bright red lighthouse. It's perched on a skinny piece of rock that juts out between two coves. We walk toward the northern cove and find a little crevice of beach that's forested on all sides. The sand is yellow and moss covered rocks peek out from under the lake's surface.
4: Surprised nobody's here. Yeah.
0: Luca tests out the water. Good boy, Luca. As we head off the beach, I notice a sign.
4: This is McCarty's Cove.
0: The third surf spot Jackson mentioned. Christ. But today, it's totally flat. We walk back down the hill, toward downtown, along Lakeshore Boulevard, a paved walking and biking path that wraps around the lake and connects Presque Isle to South Beach. We eat dinner at Delft, one of the spots in town that's rated highly on Yelp. The restaurant was converted from an old theater, and movies play across the walls inside. We sit outside on the front patio, which faces out onto West Washington Street, Marquette's main drag. All right,
2: can you eat tortellini?
0: That's me, thank you. I've never had cheese curds before, but I don't think so. These are amazing. Nick gets the fried chicken sandwich on a pretzel bun, which he loves. And I get a pasta dish that's just okay. The cheese curds are the highlight. Delft isn't quite on par with the best San Francisco restaurants, But it's one of the best meals we've had out in a while. The woman we met earlier, the ones with the van, text us that night asking if we want to meet up tomorrow for a hike. We take them up on it. My policy is to always say yes when a local wants to show you around. They take us to Dead River Falls, a popular waterfall hike in town, Waterfalls are a big deal in Marquette. Marquette County has more waterfalls than any other county in Michigan. The Dead River Falls Trail starts deep in the woods by a hydroelectric power station. The trail is narrow, rocky, heavily forested, and uncrowded. We walk about two miles in to a cliff that people like to jump off of. It's about a 15-foot drop down into the river. Corinne and Danielle do the jump right away. Then Nick goes. Cliff jumping kind of scares me.
5: It's not that hot. You're only in the air for like two seconds and then it's over and you it's totally fine.
0: But I muster up the courage, imagine being a pencil, One, two, three. and eventually jump in. I land well, but Luca charges into the water, batting his paws frenetically, in a supposed attempt to save me. Oh, oh, her poor back! Instead, he claws at my back with his sharp nails and shoves me underwater.
5: Her poor back, he was like, let me get you!
0: I manage to swim away, relatively unscathed. Danielle grew up in Nagani, a town over from Marquette. And her boyfriend, Ethan, was born and raised in Marquette. I meet up with Danielle and Ethan the next day to pick their brains about what it's like to live here.
5: My name is Danielle Dewyer, and I'm 26 years old. I graduated from Northern in 2015.
0: After graduating, Danielle started working in healthcare.
5: I worked at a hospital in the operating room as a surgical technologist.
0: But then, she had an opportunity to do something a bit different.
5: My dad was actually taking a sailboat down to the Florida Keys and I decided to quit my job and go with him. So we sailed from Ludington, Michigan down to the Florida Keys, down the Mississippi River. We lived on the sailboat for six months and it was awesome. It was really cool to see like a whole different kind of lifestyle. So after that, I went back to working at a hospital but I bought a van, I bought a Promaster van We took two years to convert it, but I lived in it for six months before then. And then my boyfriend and I, we wanted to go and have an adventure of our own. So we went out west to Montana over the winter and worked at Big Sky Ski Resort. And that was cool. But then COVID hit. So we're back in Marquette living and just hanging out in the UP and doing a lot of camping and stuff in the van.
6: My name is Ethan Syria. I'm a Marquette local. I'm a musician. I play in three bands. Um, I did until COVID. (laughs)
5: People here are very outdoorsy. Um, you kind of have to be if you live here because it's kind of an extreme place to live because of how brutal the winters are and how long they are. It's like really rugged landscape, so there's a lot of like adventure stuff too. There's like cliff jumping and there's a ton of cool mountain biking here. If you can handle the winter, there is cool things in the winter too. Like-
0: if you can handle the winter. Marquette is one of the snowiest American cities east of the Rockies. The average annual snowfall is about 150 inches but the 2018 to 2019 season saw over 227 inches.
6: We set records here for snowfall. Yeah, it gets a lot
5: of snow. It's wet, it's heavy, it's hard to shovel. Winter definitely doesn't stop people from getting out and doing things around here too.
0: And one of the things people really like to do up here is hunt.
6: Yeah, a lot of the hunting up here is... A lot
5: of good hunting, a lot of good fishing.
6: Everybody hunts.
5: What
0: do people
6: hunt? White-tailed deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people will get tags for black bear. Um, you can hunt turkey. There's a lot of turkey. here. Yeah, deer.
5: people hunt turkey. Um,
6: you can uh, duck hunt, goose hunt. The culture here, that's what it is. A lot of hunting, a lot it of is, fishing. Yeah.
5: People hunt it and then they'll stockpile it and they'll eat it throughout like the yeah, winter. Exactly. It's nice to
6: have the meat you know, Definitely. and know where it's coming
0: from.
5: But as a kid, yeah, like, our teachers wouldn't care if we weren't in school on the opening day of hunting season. You get, you get the opening I day ask out.
0: about the job opportunities in Marquette.
5: I never really thought there was a, a whole lot of opportunity here. I have actually recently seen a lot of people that I went to high school with that have stayed. I saw someone who wanted to be a teacher, so she's teaching at the high school or at the middle school that we went to. And then I saw another girl that was doing hair who just opened up a salon. We have some friends that have gotten property and a friend that had a family who had a farm and they've been setting up little farms as well and it's like a really, really good spot to have a piece of land because there's so many cool inland lakes and rivers that you can get property by. For me, I like work in the medical field so for me there's two hospitals in town and like if I didn't want to work at either of those I'd, that's, I'm out of options pretty much at, at that point.
6: It can be hard to make it here and I see a lot of people moving out of here after college and I see a lot of people coming through here just because of college so Either you're a local who's grown up here or you're somebody looking to settle in and uh, you've uh, gotten into an industry that's lucrative here. Uh, Some of those are like the Eagle Mine, the hospital. If you're a welder, if you're in any of the trades, I mean, you you can do good here. If you can find a way to make it work and to make ends meet and uh, deal with the uh, intense winters, then yeah, it's it's a northern paradise.
0: It feels like a northern paradise to me too. Granted, I'm here in August, the Hawaii time. I may need to come back in February to reconsider. But after spending a week in Marquette, I agree with Tony, the visitor experience guy I chatted with at Travel Marquette. The paradise is in the people as much as in the place. The people I've met in Marquette have been welcoming and super authentic In an election year during a pandemic, when the country's deeply divided and there seems to be a strong skepticism of the other, I didn't feel like an outsider here. Unlike Sufjan Stevens' protagonist, the guy in the UP who's searching for something, the people I've met in the UP seem to have found what they're looking for. This episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Mia Sullivan. Nick Baishu is our assistant producer. Original score for this episode was composed by Brent Curridan. Additional sound was provided by Danielle Duyer of Danny Ray Lives. And additional music was provided by Blue Dot Sessions. Our theme is by Brent Curden. Our show art is by Christine Hostetler and Michelle Anderson. And a special thanks to Jackson D'Augustine, Harrison Smith, Tony Boyle, Susan Esler, Betsy Roots, Chip Truscon, Danielle Dewyer, Ethan Syria, Bill Thompson, Alex Fritz, Carla DeAngelis, Christina Sullivan, and Blair Sullivan. I'm Mia Sullivan, and this is Places. Thanks for listening. See you next time.